Hello, everybody, and a big Happy New Year to you. I am starting this year with something a little bit different. I'm starting this year with my most beautiful, my most treasured, my most dear friend, Fiona. That's her right there. And I am going to talk to her about Bitcoin. And she's heard me talk about Bitcoin over the years. Um, over the years, I shouldn't say that, over the months, over the last few months, over maybe the last year, year and a half, yeah? Yeah. And she's sort of vaguely interested as much as you can be about somebody else's hobby and passion. Um, but she had a really interesting conversation yesterday with a couple of pest controllers who came out to her house <laughs> who ended up talking about Bitcoin, right? And yeah. And... I was really interested in what came out of that. And I thought it might be a really interesting experiment and discussion just to talk with Fiona, who's so brand new to Bitcoin, um, about what this is and, and what could be relevant for her. Why would she even consider, why would you, darling, consider mm. buying some Bitcoin given your personal circumstances? So this is, um, there's a phrase in the Bitcoin community um, called orange pilling. So the same way that there's the red pill and the blue pill in the matrix, and, and I can't remember which way around it is, but the red pill wakes them up, yeah? So orange pilling is about kind of waking people up to the, um, to the dubiousness of the current fiat system, um, the, the currency as we know it, cash as we know it, uh, and helping people to understand the value proposition, for want of a better word, uh, for Bitcoin, Yeah. So that's going to be this discussion and we're going to, and you're going to throw the hard questions at me, right? Because you've got no problem throwing hard questions. No. And I've got no idea what you're talking about. So like, <laughs> I don't know no. what she said so far. <laughs> you know, like I do now so far, but you know, it's just a brand new world for me, totally new language, totally new concept. So um, yeah, so I'm willing to learn about that in this discussion, I'm hoping. Beautiful. And I love that you're open to it because a lot of people aren't. And yeah. a lot of people will poo-poo it before they've heard anything about it. So that's where we're going to go. So I'm going to start by asking you what happened with the pest controllers yesterday and why did you have a pest problem in the first place? <laughs> okay. Right. So th this is a father and a son and they're absolutely delightful. So they've come to my home numerous times to... Um, deal with ants and other things and um and so I've got some outdoor furniture it's got cushions and it's got these little white things on cushions now I, you're not going to learn about what they are now because I've forgotten but I thought the cushions were um invested so I was going to buy some new ones I thought actually I'll grab those guys first see what they say and they said they're just tiny little things that live on surfaces and plants nothing to worry about your cushions are not invested just wipe them off Great, I've saved myself a bit of money right there. So they're in my back garden and the sun, I think, is about 23. I think I, these little guys are on my roses. I've seen these guys. Yeah, I that's know. what... I know, I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, so he said that. He said, um, he called him a name and he said, you'll, any plant, you'll see them on the plant. So that made yeah. sense to me. So you just confirmed that. So they're really, really lovely people. And the son's about 23, he's very mature, and they run this business together beautifully. And 
um, and they obviously work together all the time. And the son's married, the father's still married, you know, married. And married I've got my notebook. Yeah, He's I know. So mature these days, right? I know. And he told How me. How are, are, are they from our generation? Well, I said to him that my daughter had just broken up with her partner, which I'm sure she won't mind me saying, to see what world would, the world would be like without being in a relationship at 21, just to experience being at uni on her own. And this young man, I said that to him and he said, yeah, my girlfriend and I thought that at the time and we realised life was better with, with each other than without each other. So they got married and she's a beautiful girl. I've seen her in the shop that she works in. So they, they're lovely, right? <laughs> so they're on my back deck in my garden and they start, I don't know how it came to be. I really don't. But they started talking about Bitcoin and the father is absolutely for it. And the son is absolutely against it. And so I found myself in the middle of this kind of uh, discussion, and it was a discussion. And what I noticed was the son's rationale was that, and this is, so again, I don't know, right? And this is what you're going to obviously teach me about. So I don't know enough about it, but I, I was surprised at how much I've picked up from our conversations because I do listen. <laughs> and how much it's gone in without me, you know, without yeah, yeah. me knowing. So he said, the son said, the father said um, that he'd been talking to a tax person. Now, again, this is all just sort of me in the flurry of thinking, am I actually having this conversation at all about Bitcoin? What's going on here? Wasn't planning on this as the pesticide guys are in my house. But the father said that he'd been talking to a tax person and the tax person said that they need to be informed about Bitcoin and the father said, that's absolute rubbish because the whole point of Bitcoin is that we're out of the system, mm -hmm. right? So again, don't quote me 100%. This is my interpretation of what I heard. He may be listening to this. I'm sure he will at some point and think that's not what I said. So if I didn't get that correctly, don't hold it against me. This is my interpretation in a moment of unexpected discussion about Bitcoin being thrown left wing, really, left field. Um, so he said, so he said that. And I said, no, that's right. That's what I understand about Bitcoin is that it's about a currency that doesn't belong to a government. Mm -hmm. Again, I have no clue, right? I'm just making this up as I go from what I've heard. I think this is what I know. I said, and so it's about empowerment and it's about people creating their own currency so they can decide how it works without being taxed exorbitantly from the government. And he, he was along with me on that. The son was then on the other hand saying, yeah, but I don't trust it because it's just the internet. What if the internet goes down? Then you have no currency. I said, well, what if the world blows up? You've got no currency now. It's all back. Like, what about the banks that have gone bankrupt in other countries from such an economic crisis that they have no money? Everything gets frozen. It's the same thing. So I was in between this and the father's going, yeah, that's right. I said, so, and then the son's going, yeah. So, and then I said, well, my girlfriend, Carolyn, Carrie, is very much in the Bitcoin community. She goes to the Miami con conference. And, and so then the father started naming people to me that you would know, Carrie. And I was just like, mm, probably, I don't know. <laughs> and so he said, and I said, and I think she's going to do a podcast on talking to a newbie like me about it. And he, they were so keen to watch it. But it was interesting because the son was really keen to watch it. So I wonder how much he might learn from this and how much he might not know about it. But he seemed to have some really good ideas about it. 
Then I talked about knowing of someone who's about to mortgage their house to buy Bitcoin because the father was saying Bitcoin is cheap. One Bitcoin is 28 or something. I don't know. This Australian is dollars. Yeah, it's about 16 okay. and a half, 17 grand uh, US dollars at the moment. Yep. Yep. The 28 grand Australian dollars. Yep. So he wants to start, he wants to get in now because it's cheap. And, the, and then the son's going, there is no way. I like bricks and mortar. There is no way I'm going to ever sell my house or do anything like that. Then the father's talking about longevity. He said he may not even in his lifetime see the absolute results that it may bring about. But he knows already that he's possibly made money or he knows of people. So this was this kind of conversation. And I was just, but the thing that I was really amused by or quite surprised in myself by was my my understanding of it and feeling that whole tax thing and feeling that whole government run big brother thing and I felt the heaviness of that and that's what the father I think was talking about was moving away from that and so when they left I just sat there going well I just had a whole conversation and I felt like I was more for the bitcoin minute amount of information I have than I was for the son who is lovely and I, I hear what he's saying and that made me want to know more then at that point I thought I really want to probe this I've got the most ideal person Carrie to teach me and tell me what I just absolutely don't know so that was the story of the of the guys yesterday. It was just very interesting. Can I ask um, a couple of things? So um, my first question is, so I'm hearing what the son's concern is, and I've mentally noted that in terms of bricks and mortar in particular. So we'll, we'll circle back around to that. Tell me and what... The, and the internet going down. And that the internet going down. down. Absolutely valid. So let's come back to that as well. Um, can I ask why the father can we give them names or should we not go there um oh just call him let's, the call, father. let's call let's call him john and jeff john's the john father jeff's the son that's not their names john Good. and jeff works so How's john, that why does john pro bitcoin why what was so you're saying there's some sort of tax thing he's interested in there's something about freedom from government getting out of the system that he's interested in why did he seem to care about that from what you could understand from that conversation? Um, okay, my sense of it was just a sheer sense of in, empowerment and yeah, getting right. out of a system okay. and getting out of a controlling system that where we have no say. And he talked about, is it is it, there's a South American country that only has Bitcoin as their El currency. El Salvador has made El Salvador. And it's not only, that it's not that they are only using Bitcoin, it's just that it's legal tender. So everyone has to be able to take um, Bitcoin as well as US dollars. They can okay. convert it immediately for US dollars, but they have to, as a merchant, like if I own a store, um, Bitcoin is legal tender. They have to take it if someone's offering it. Yeah. Okay. So that was that was the thing that I think he was he was basing it on is that Again, because of my lack of understanding, it was difficult to read between the lines and actually truly understand. But he he seemed so quietly confident in him, in his resolve around it and the fact that it's a sense of empowerment and a sense of not being run by government, but 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 it being the people's choice. I vaguely recall him sort of talking a little bit about. So, and I'm not sure what that looks like, but I just kind of heard him. And then, and it was just, and in the end, the father was very fatherly and said, okay, well, once again, we're going to have to agree to disagree. 
and then they just moved on and then they they left and and it was just obviously this is a conversation they had and I said that I said obviously there's a bit of conflict you guys and they said no no it's just great conversation and we talk about it we're both open and they they were really open just random that it happened on my back deck as I'm talking about my cushions and whether I should buy new ones (laughs) (laughs) and those damn little white bugs okay so um and then in let me understand a little bit more about what you understand about this and why you're curious about it so you've heard that conversation you've acknowledged within yourself oh that's interesting I'm kind of seem to be more on the father's side than the son's side right um and that must be something to do with the way Carrie's been carrying on at me for several months now Um, yeah so I picked something up and I'm clearly pro Bitcoin at some level why do you think you are because I I because I because as you've talked through the, the time, it's been a couple of years, I think, a year and a half, and you're so eloquent about it. But what I find is that my brain, and I suggest that this might happen for others, literally just shuts down because I don't understand. And I almost need to know from beginning to end. Like when the son said, I don't know if he's Joe or Jeff or John and Jeff, but when the son <laughs> said about, about the internet, and then he said about gold. That's what he also said about gold and how yeah, at the end of the day, everything could go to, can I swear vaguely? Yeah, yeah. Can yeah, I swear? Yeah. Gently. Everything could go Gently. to shit. And yet yeah. there's always gold and you can measure gold. And I said, but that's the measure we put on it. That's what we say. Otherwise, why haven't we got other minerals that we put the same amount of worth onto it? Again, I don't know what I'm talking about. So don't, I hope I don't look really stupid, but I just thought gold is what we say it is. Gold is what we give it. We say Mm -hmm. it's worth this much because it's rare, because it's obscure. I don't know. But why can't we do that then for for a piece of rock that you find in the middle of Cuba or something? So I just said that doesn't, that's just what humans have given it. So you're still talking about something that humans have done. You're acting like that gold is somehow more valid than something on the internet and the internet might crash and it's all gone. Same with the bank, the bank, the economy might crash, that all the money's gone. It's not, for me, it didn't feel any different. And his argument didn't win me over at all because I thought if your internet goes down, you've got a lot more to worry about than just your money in your bank, like the economy. The economy crashes, there's a lot more to worry about than just the money that's in your bank. There's poverty, there's homelessness, there's all sorts of other things. So if the internet, which is what he was basing it on, was the internet will crash and then there's no money. I don't know what he means by that. I don't know what he means by that, but he seemed to think that Bitcoin sits within the system of internet and if the internet no longer exists, then the money no longer exists or something, mm-hmm. or the currency mm-hmm. rather mm-hmm. than the money, the currency. And I, I just didn't buy that argument. I was, And that's the point I got involved, really involved, and said gold is just what we attribute to it in terms of worth and meaningfulness. And, and the internet, if the internet crashes after all these years, we've got a lot of other issues to be considering. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel like Bitcoin was reliant on internet and then therefore it's... it's um, rocky because the internet might crash and then we're all screwed if you like for want of yeah, a better yeah, word. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and the internet, if you remember, was built originally by, it, it came out of, as far as I understand it, um, defence forces and how do we create a decentralised um, uh, form of kind of uh, communication so that we aren't reliant on one central 
kind of source. And if that goes out, if that gets bombed, you know, we're stuffed, whereas the internet will always kind of pick up. And uh, Bitcoin and blockchain is based very much on that same idea. Yeah, so it's about decentralization and there's no central point. So, mm-hmm. um, so from the point of view, I mean, if internet's down, you're absolutely right, spot on. We got bigger, we got bigger problems. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. a- and if it's down because of some, what's that um electronic pulse, magnetic pulse? <laughs> um, you know, if it's something like that, then mm-hmm. you know, we're stuffed. We're stuffed in a really big way. Yeah. Uh, and we're yeah. all back to freaking living like tribally and just working out. We've just got to go and fish and hope to God that our fish aren't infected, you know? So putting cash under our mattresses like we used to in the old days. Well, yeah, that's right. You're absolutely right. There's cash under the mattress. So there's the kind of banking side of it. Like, like, is our bank any more safe than keeping our uh, money under our mattress? So there's that. Um, and what's the money in the bank worth? So there's there's so many questions that have come out of what you've just said. And I love what you've picked up along the way because you're amazing. Like, like I just, you and my friend, like I've got, I've got two groups of friends these days um, because I lost all my friends through COVID who, who like when I would question about COVID, mm. they would sort of pile on. So, um, but what I love about in my two groups of friends these days are either kind of pro Bitcoin or they're open. And I love that you're open about it. And so what um, what I might try and do is maybe start from basics about what it is and then try and answer Jeff's questions along the way. Yeah. Um, and I and think what I might try and do yes. is, is try and stay focused and hear it because I just don't want to do the vaguing out when it all gets more than I my brain can sort of tolerate. So I want to just go, and I will just call it when I need it to slow down and go, I don't know what you mean by that. So if you're happy for me to really drill down when I need to so that I don't do the vaguing out, which yeah, is yeah. what's happened before. I hear it, but I just disconnect from it because it doesn't make sense to me and I don't connect to it, obviously, from a self-centred personal point of view like how does this serve me sort of thing but that's not the question but that's I want what most answer. people care about is how does it serve me um and I mm. think it's really valuable that you ask that because um because people in polite conversation at a party won't and so if no. you do then how do people get this information right and so mm. I'm really intrigued by I was watching a debate earlier today online, YouTube, and it was between a Bitcoiner and a non-Bitcoiner. And to be honest, for all my love of Bitcoin, I felt the non-Bitcoiner won that debate. Right. Uh, because what I think we do very, very poorly in the Bitcoin community is bring people on board effectively. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's because we aren't willing to get down to very like into the tin tacks of what does it mean for you, Fiona, right? Mm. So we're all up here in this macroeconomic kind of area, right? And that's where I'm going to start our discussion. Um, but then we've got to get down into, well, well, so what, you know? So what? What is and, this? And 
and the truth about the risks. I think that's one of the things that the brother yeah, right. son was talking about was the risk. And I know that I get that from a distance from things you hear about things crashing. But I again, I said, well, I don't know if the risks are any more or less than the stock market where you put money on shares and you might lose, you might win. It's just how much of a risk do you, are you willing to take? So I suppose part of that conversation might include the risks are which there's risks with anything to do with money. You buy a house, it might fall down on your head. There's a risk. You've just spent a shit ton of money. Your house isn't what you thought it was. You're going to get structurally sound information or advice, but other things might happen. So everything is a risk. And I think I wonder about the Bitcoin community and whether they, uh, and this is me just so far off my own thoughts, but do, do people who believe in Bitcoin omit some of that risk or do you talk about it honestly as a community and address it as if it was shares that you were putting your money into 100 percent. okay um really really valid um i will say that the nasdaq is down as far so that's the tech stocks in the us is down as much as bitcoin so all things tech, basically Bitcoin has been following the um, um, the S&P or, well, particularly the NASDAQ, the tech stock. So it's just considered by the markets as another tech, another technology. Yeah. Um, so yeah. it's being placed in the same basket in terms of risks and rewards. Um, so that's a valid point as well. So I don't know that I've mentally kept track of all the questions that have come up along the way. Let me try and kind of, down, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do my best to explain what the use case is today and what the use case could be in the future. And let's try and come back if you can remember some of those questions from Jeff and we'll and from yourself and as we go. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds that? great. All right. Okay, okay, here we go. So um all right. So the way I've been thinking about this recently and one of the things that I get frustrated about in the Bitcoin community is this thing of, I don't think we convey it well. Um, overall, there's some people who are exceptional at it. But, okay, so the way I'm going to break it down is this. I'm going to create a pyramid. And in this pyramid at the base, and it's going to be a wealth pyramid. So at the base are the people in the poorest countries and the most authoritarian countries, yeah? And what's mm -hmm. the use case for them? And then I'm going to move up into the Western civilization, which are fundamentally the safest and the wealthiest countries, but I'm going to start at the poorer end of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those people. Are you vaguing out yet? No, I just want you to tell me what use case means. Oh, use case simply means like, how's it useful? Uh -huh, got how's you. it useful? Okay. So how's it useful to people, at, at, yep. at the poorest people in the planet? On the planet how is it useful to the poorest people in western civilization which is the rich end of poor right yeah and then how is it relevant for potentially the top end if at all yeah because yeah. that's how i think it's going to be taken up right because at the moment mm -hmm. what you've got is people in el salvador and nigeria and like here they're getting it venezuela and sri lanka and you know lebanon like down here people in turkey people are getting it because they understand why it's useful okay then you've got people at this level kind of middle and working class in western civilization and then you've got this kind of pointy end right yeah is that good that makes sense good I'm with you, 100%. Yeah. okay <laughs> so now i'm gonna i'm gonna start with 
kind of the 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 countries that I'm gonna say have been actually. I mean, once you get down to it, let's uh, let's not get into the reasons why they are as poor as they are. There are reasons, and a lot of it has to do with the International Monetary Fund and the the World Economic Forum. But let's not go there. So the point is that there are. I'm going to put them in two categories: the people at this kind of at the poorest level of the world, and the two categories are this: um, authoritarian countries and runaway inflation countries. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so the authoritarian countries, so they want they want to be able to get out. They want some financial freedom so that their money can't be taken away from them, right? So mm-hmm. with Bitcoin, A, they can receive it on their phone. It doesn't have to go via a bank. So one of the big problems for some countries is first of all, there's a huge number of people who are unbanked, who simply don't have a bank account. So how do you get money to them? Like they go and work, they get money from work. But but if I want to send it to them from overseas, I can't, you know, like I can't get it through to them. I've got to send it to a bank. They haven't got a bank account. Or even if they do, they can often be like thugs at the door um, saying you've got to pay us before you can go in. So there's a whole lot of reasons why people can't get money in authoritarian countries, right? So one of the big things that I think is really important from a purely humanitarian point of view is being able, is families being able to get money to their parents, to their families, to their loved ones without having to go via a third party, i.e. a bank. Yes, whether authoritarian or not, they're simply unbanked. And, and that can be across the world. Across that doesn't have world. to be necessary. Okay. So wherever someone is in the world and they haven't got a bank account, but their family wants to send the money and I can't send cash in the mail because it's going to get, you know, stolen by someone in the mm-hmm. mail system somewhere. Mm-hmm. So I can, you can... Right. So here's my phone, which is broken and I need a new one. But anyway, you can't see that because. But anyway, so you've got a phone. I've got a phone. You can send the Bitcoin straight to me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't have to go via bank and there's no fees and or there's bugger all fees. And that's it. Right. So and there's there's no tax because sometimes when you send money, if it's above fifty dollars or something, it's considered not a gift and therefore you have to pay tax on it. If you transfer right. money from one, I am to another. so not across the whole tax implications of this, and we need to come back to that. I am just not in a good position to answer the tax mm. tax questions. But either way, I've now got mm. that in my account. I can go and mm. trade it for whatever my local currency is, or dollars, US dollars. Someone will buy it. It's worth something to someone in the world. There's an agreed price across the world. Yeah on bitcoin mm-hmm. and so i can go and exchange that and i can now go and buy food with it right mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. fair like i just mm. didn't have to so i just sent you money in sri lanka or somewhere is that comfortable a hundred percent and i do have that in my mind that if it's over a certain amount you also then when you send money you have to pay tax on it so you don't actually have to pay tax on it yeah that's right because i've just received bitcoin 
I don't know the tax implications of once I change that out for USD, for, you know, for US dollars or for my currency, my personal currency, mm -hmm. wherever that is, with a local exchange. With a local exchange. But that's my wallet. And I'm putting that into my exchange. The government, mm. why would the government know anything about that? Mm. Mm. So That's what so, I like about that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I do think that's different when it comes to Western countries, so we'll come back to that. Okay, so that's the the use case, the 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 usefulness to mm -hmm. someone in an authority or, or in a country, in any country where I'm unbanked, yeah, or where I just want to own my Bitcoin and I just don't want the government interfering or a bank interfering and I just want to receive, receive something from someone, yeah? Yeah. Okay, we're good with that? Yeah. I need more feedback. I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. no, this is so, much, much, this is so outside of our normal conversation, right? Okay. No, no. So there's another group of people who also really suffer, and that's people in places like Venezuela where they've had runaway inflation. Now, what happens there is I want to go and buy some bread today with the money that I earned this week from my job, whatever it is, and now bread is double the price and milk is double the price that it was last week. But my wage hasn't gone up, but my groceries have doubled, right? It's so a bit like us at the moment. What's that? A bit like us in the situation we find ourselves in in Australia at the moment and in the UK. Absolutely. And we will come back to that because even though our inflation rate isn't kind of 50% a week, it's, they, you know, for years it was kind of 2% a year. So they said um, they left out a lot of goods and services along the way in order to keep it down to 2%. But actually now these days it's like 7%, 15%. They, they record it as 7 or 8%, but actually it's closer to 15% if you bring into play things like housing and, you know, food and a whole bunch of things that they don't include in the consumer price index, right? Are you vaguing out? We, no, no, I'm with you. No, really you're here. Okay. So yeah. I, um, you've got to tell me because I ran and I know I ran. And and this is why I'm really bad at this. And and like, this is why I need to be pulled up is because I get like all right, rah, rah, and excited. And that's and what then, we love about you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. What I love about you, you couldn't be any other way. Otherwise it wouldn't, it wouldn't strike me. It wouldn't hit me. It's perfect for the kind of person I am so I love the way you are so oh. you rant away and luckily I'm strong on the other end that can rant back or can ask questions or can stop because I want to understand that's the point of this I love that you want to understand and thank you I love you you're amazing <laughs> I'm so lucky <laughs> but anyway let's come back to it so if you've got runaway inflation but frankly even if you've just got western country level inflation that erodes your purchasing power, yeah? So now I can't mm -hmm. buy as much with my Venezuelan, whatever the currency is, right? I Like, I just can't buy as much food to feed my family as I could last week. Mm -hmm. So so that's a, that's a big deal. And that doesn't feel like a big deal for people who are middle class and upper class in Western civilization, but it's a bloody big deal for people at the lower end, yeah? And people are talking mm -hmm. about it now. So 
Okay, so that's this in the pyramid. And, and I don't want to spend too much time there because a little bit like you said earlier, how does it affect me, Fiona? That that doesn't matter to you at some level. And I get that, right? Um, it, I could say buying Bitcoin is a little bit like supporting the network that's a form of charity to make a huge difference for that level of society, for, for the people who have been totally screwed over by the West and who are in this position as a result. Um, I could base that argument, but you've got other charities you're, you know, that you care about. So that that's not going to cut it for a lot of people. Okay, mm -hmm. so let's move on. So now we move into exactly the point that you just brought up, which is, okay, but there's also inflation in the West, right? And not only is there inflation at, say, 7% a year if we're being conservative and, and leaving out all the important things. And the reason they under-report um, inflation is that things like pensions are um, increased according to the consumer price index, the inflation level, right? So we've got to pretend it's only 7% or 2% or 5% or whatever, because we don't want to increase pensions more than that, right? So we leave out all the important things like the assets and the housing and, and the food and tampons and whatever, because somehow they don't count. And that way it keeps the CPI seemingly somehow manageable and we, can only, we only have to increase welfare by that amount, yeah? because mm -hmm. yeah. it's CPI indexed, it's indexed yeah. to, it's increased according to um, the reported inflation rate, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. so so that's why CPI, CPI is under-reported. Uh, under but the reality of CPI, not only is CPI, is CPI um, say, 7%, and okay, that's fluctuated and it's been as low as two or one or whatever. But the reality is twofold here. And I'm gonna I'm gonna look at two different points of view. One is that um one is that it compounds. One of the most powerful effects that are hugely misunderstood. So Warren Buffett said years ago something about um uh, I'm not going to get the quote, but something about kind of the magic of money is in compounding, right? Like once you get compounding. So there's an old analogy that's used, which is like the this Chinese king and some slave servant person goes, you know, gives him some great solution to a problem that he had. And he says, I either want this amount of money or I want a grain of rice on each of the squares of a chessboard, right? So there's 64 squares on a chessboard, but I want it to double each day, right? So it goes 1, 2, 4, 8, 16, 32, 64. Yeah, got it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So, okay. Let's just do a little thing around. I hope this isn't condescending, but this is like, Genuinely, I think a lot of people don't get this. At what point do we hit the 50% level if we're doubling every day? Any guesses? So over 64 days, over 64 days, where do we hit the 50% of the total level? And this is not at to trick you and this is not to call you out. At Sorry? the beginning? 
at the beginning. At the beginning, we go from one to two. From one to two. So, no, it, yeah, no, the, it's not, you're, you're actually incredibly close in your thinking, funnily enough, because <laughs> it's not yeah. at the halfway point. You're absolutely right. It's not at the halfway point. It's at the end. If we're doubling every day, then the halfway point from 100% to 50% was day 63, right? So yeah. if on day 63, I then double again, and I'm on a million by day 63, then on day 64, I'm 2 million. So you've lost me now. I don't know what yes. you're talking okay. about. Okay, okay, okay. So, all right, there's there's a reason I'm going here. So, so these numbers, so 1, 2, 4, 8, 32, 64, 128, 256, 550. 12, I think we're up to, yeah, you're getting it, 1,024. We're doubling, 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 doubling until we yeah. get to, so it's like, that's what compounding is. It may not be at 100% a year. It may not be doubling each year, right? Right, no, okay. Right, but it's decreasing your purchasing power. So if at 2%, pretending that it's 2%, and it's not, even now they're saying 7%, and they're underestimating it. But in terms of your purchasing power, if you're earning $100,000 Australian dollars a year, I don't know what the average is in America, right? If you're earning 100000 a year, right? And now we go on to year two. It's like square two on the checkerboard, right? We go on to year two. At 2%, I can only buy, it's going to, I can only buy what used to be $98,000 worth of goods. Or another way to put it is to buy the same goods, I have to spend a hundred and a little over $102 to get the same goods than, last year, right? Is that, and you're talking about that being more than what you earned last year where you could have afforded it and now you can't because what you paid for it last year within the realm of your wage you now that's the the products exceed the costing now for what you earn spot on absolutely right. encapsulated it so now i haven't got the same purchasing power with money it looks like i've got the same amount of money right but yeah. actually in terms of what i can buy with it is less and then if you add to that the compounding of that over 40 years, let's say over the course of a working lifetime. So now I've saved money, right? And I've put away a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. So I've put away 1200 grand, uh, $1,200 a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. But in terms of, so, but I, I'm consistent with 1200, 1200, 1200, 1200, right? But actually what that 1200 bytes, so now over 10 years, I've got $12,000. Over 40 years, I've got $48,000. Right. So you go, oh, wow, $48,000. All I did was put about, put away a hundred bucks a month, right? Yeah. Okay. But actually what's been happening with inflation at 2%, 5%, 7%, and that's just what they're reporting. That's not what it actually is. That mm. 48,000 buys bugger all. 
You know, the same yeah, way when we used to like joke about, you know, there's always those jokes about, oh, I remember when um, the sweets, like I remember cobblers, those little, like the the toffees with the chocolate around it. Did you have those? And they're like, mm. get stuck in your teeth and they're a pain in the ass, right? Uh, all toffees do though, yes. Yeah, I know, right? So they're disastrous. But I remember when they were like one cent, right? And you could, but now like, like nothing is like, how many things like houses right houses we all go oh that's that's asset appreciation that's a good thing that's not inflation that's inflation that's why your kids who are in their 20s can't afford a house and your parents could at their age right Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. why two parents have to work these days to cover Mm -hmm. the cost of living Mm -hmm. Whereas we used to be able to, oh, so cute in the 50s and 60s, one parent could work and the other one could stay at home. In those days, it was usually the mother, can stay at home Mm -hmm. with the kids, right? Mm -hmm. Who's that anymore? Right? What is that mark on your top, by the way? There's a mark on your top. I know, I think it's a stain, dude. You're not meant to notice that. I think that's just a stain. If I notice, everyone else is going to notice it. So now we've, we've, we've had it out in the open. Yeah, I know. It's been discussed. So we were up to yeah. CPI and inflation and how if you put $100 a month away and at the end of a, a year you've got 1200 and then the end of 10 years you've got whatever that amount was, numbers, and um, about that 48000 will not have any yeah, work. And that, but it doesn't buy anything, anything, right? It doesn't buy anything. anything like, it doesn't yes. buy, like, your, your kids inherit it and they go... In the old days, you could have put that down for a deposit. Do you remember when 100 bucks? Do you remember when 100 bucks was a lot of money? I know. Now it's like $10. It's a meal. That's it. Yeah, that's right. I know. That is the issue right there. Um, And so, okay, so it all goes up. But we all just like, it's like, it's like we're just swimming in water and you ask a fish, what's water? And they go, what are you talking about? Like, you know, if you spoke to a caveman about what's air, what's oxygen? Mm, yeah, like exactly. it's meaningless, right? So inflation is just that. Like none of, no one thinks about it. Nobody knows what it is. Nobody considers it. It's like it's just not an issue. Okay, now let's just take it to the next step and let's get like real, real, like, okay, I'm about to get serious. You ready? This is me being yeah, serious. Yeah, I'm ready. This is my serious I, I, We good? No, you're going to make me laugh. Don't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get the giggles and we know what happens then. It's no coming back. Just, <laughs> we never do serious. Okay. What is this, right? Okay, okay. I know. Getting serious. So here's how it goes, all right? Now, okay, you work for a living, you make money. Now, you made a comment to me recently and this triggered a line of thought, okay? You said, I've just made all this money recently and I'm about to, I've now got to pay my tax and that's going to wipe out everything I've earned, right? Yep, 100%. All right, let's talk about that. So let's talk about taxes in our society for a moment. So here goes taxes. First of all, there's your income tax, okay? 
all right, whatever that is. Um, in my case, I've got my own business, so that's 30%. I can basically do most of that through. I can balance my income such that what my income and my company taxes is roughly the same. I can make I can make that work, right? So let's just say that's 30%. On average, it's higher for high-income earners and it's lower for lower-income earners, but 30% is an average in Australia. Okay, so now let's add some taxes. We've got capital gain, uh, sorry, capital gains tax. So if you buy, uh, sorry, this is top of mind for me as we speak. If you buy an asset, so that's an investment property, shares, gold. You've frozen. Oh, you've frozen too. You there? There we are, we're back. Oh, we're, we're back. back, we're back, we're back. Okay, so I started with capital gains tax. So if you buy an investment property, this is for more top-end people, shares, you know, people with investments, um, gold, all right. All of that, you buy it at this and, price, you sell it at that price. And let me say, because if I'm about to consider Airbnb my house, and so when I sell it, I then have to pay capital gains tax on my house for the nights that people were paying to stay in my home, not for the whole duration, right? But for the night. So if I, if I say, you know, a month, you know, 28 days out of a year, then I have to pay capital gains tax on the 28 days of the year of each year for the purchase of the house or for the sale of the house. Of course you do. I just found that out. Unless, yes. of course, it's cash, you know, like unless you find a way around it, right? But, mm. and I'm just going to bring in a slight tangent here. If they bring in central bank digital currencies and there is no such thing as cash, now, uh, yeah, now everything, there's no cash control. transactions. There's no going to the market and buying my meat, my fresh meat, my fresh vegetables from the market in cash, right? And they can't all earn control. that cash tax-free. Not that anyone gets anything tax-free. Okay, so there's that, right? So let's let's leave aside where it's going in the future. Let's just talk where it is today. So you've got that tax on your, your Airbnb if you if you rent out or part of, if you Airbnb part of your home, like a, a room in your home. So there's taxes on capital gains tax. There's cap, there's um, GST. So in the UK that's VAT. Yeah, right. And around VAT, Europe, yeah, okay. Value added tax is what that stands for. Spot on. Very nice. I don't know what it is in Australia. What's GST stand for? General services. Really? General services. I never knew that. Do you know what? I'm going to Google it. Sorry. Yeah, everyone, Google, Google, Google. Just, All right. Everyone can just hold while we just do that. You can carry on. I can do okay, two things Okay, I'm going to carry on. I'm just going to carry on because that's my name. I I carry, carry on. Carry on. That's really good. It's really good for you. Carry on. <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It's. It's goods and services tax. Goods and services. That's right. That's what it is. That's what it is. Goods and services. What did I say? I said general services tax. Did I say yeah, that? Right. Close enough. Close enough. Okay. So, okay. So we've got all these taxes, right? So if you counted, if you just started from 30% income tax and then you add GST, that's 10% on everything that you buy, then you add um, capital gains tax. Then you add, if you're in a business, payroll tax and all sorts of taxes that are involved there and kind of profit, you know, whatever profits you make and everything. Like the government grabs everything, death taxes, inheritance taxes. I don't know. That inheritance tax, yeah, shocking. I've just, just found out about inheritance tax. I know, it's appalling. 
Just, I don't yeah. think we do that in Australia. I think that's UK, actually. I, d I think Australia yeah. is one of the few places that doesn't do that. But anyway, so there's like there's taxes coming out. There's rates, not just taxes. Like if we talk about council rates, right? Mm -hmm. And then you've got, yeah. um, uh, you know, if you're renting out a place, there's body corporate rates. There's like it doesn't stop, right? Okay, so let's assume as a bare minimum, probably 50, 60 percent of all the money that you're making that hasn't changed very much from one year to the next is taxed overall, if you include all those taxes along the way, at probably 60%, right? Now, a yeah. slave, by definition, is someone who gives 100% of their time and all their profit goes to the cotton farm owner, uh -huh. right? Okay. So if you are working, if you're spending your time, 60%, right, is going to the government. So in effect, you are 60% a slave. That means 60% of your life, of your time, of the time you are spending working, right, of 12 months, 50% is six months, 60% is about getting close to seven months of your life is paying government, right? Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about I, the I'll other... Yeah, go, 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 I'll go, go. That quick example. Today I got an invoice and it looked like this amount. And once again, I took the 35%, 40% out. It's tiny. I just think, what is the point? All those hours of working to only get the bare minimum of it, really. Once again, it just it gives me the shits. It it's disconcerting. And it's I demoralized. Assume there's no and and there's, I mean, there's an argument for a welfare state and um you know defense i'm big on defense you know i believe there should be course, some going towards defense i think some money should be going towards welfare nowhere near what we're spending in australia some money should go towards a public service but it's enormous and it's ever growing it never decreases it always increases so a certain amount of our money is going towards people who don't actually produce anything they don't create anything they don't anyway so that anyway that's another whole discussion let's not go there but so so now 60 percent, right let's say 60 percent, and I think that's being kind to be honest but let's say 60 percent of your income and if you're higher income in it then it's greater than that is going to government of so that's seven months of your time per year right now on what's left you're saving a hundred bucks a month let's say and now we're back to the inflation issue right which is that now by creating inflation and the government creates inflation as well they are stealing another two percent per year seven percent per year compounded and of your 40 percent that's left they are and i'm not kidding they are stealing they are taking away the purchasing power of what you had left over to look after your life and create some savings for yourself for your retirement for your kids mm -hmm. right okay mm -hmm. so that brings up the question how is government creating inflation surely that's just a function of supply and demand in a capitalist world and the answer to that is absolutely not 100 government creates inflation 
to steal more purchasing power for you and give it to them. And the way that works is technology fundamentally brings prices down. Okay, so if I've got, we're back to the, I dropped it, the phone, right? Okay, here's the phone where I can send my Bitcoin to your Bitcoin. But here's the phone that has come down in time, in price because of technology over the course of 10 years. Now, that should be the same for food, for housing. House prices should be coming down because of the technology involved in making bricks. The way we make mm. bricks is cheaper because we've got better mm. technology and better machines that make bricks quicker and faster and cheaper, right? Everything mm -hmm. trends towards lower prices um, because technology advances. Um, so housing should be cheaper. Petrol is pulled out of the ground more efficiently. That price should actually be coming down not going mm. up. Commodities are a little bit more supply and demand, but anything that's got a man-made, and, and oil has certainly got a man-made element because we've got to get it out of the ground. Um, so because technology is ever advancing and making things cheaper, our prices should be coming down. Why are they going up then? Mm. Um, the reason they're going up is because the government is in such huge debt they spend more than they have coming in via taxes despite the fact that we're in effect giving them 60 70 percent of our money right what are they spending it on they're spending it on first of all they're in so much debt over 80 already. years already already on the back burner spending it just on debt payments a lot of the time to be honest interest payments on their debt um, and then they're spending it on a lot of welfare. They're spending it on themselves, their public, the public service that's ever expanding. I mean, have you had anything to do with anyone who works for, say, NDIS or any public service? Anyone who's worked in private industry originally and moved into public service? Have you? And, and the first thing they always say is, oh, my God, there is so much waste. Mm -hmm. Right. I worked for public service once. And you ways. Do you know what happened in June every year in the lead up to the end of financial year? People will find get rid, of. get rid of. You reckon that happens in private industry? No. Not on your life. Same right? with funded body. Same with funded organizations. Before June, we'd suddenly find all this money that we had to spend, otherwise we wouldn't get funded for the next year. That's right. I remember that because I worked for ABC Radio. And so I mm. I watched that happen as well, right? So that's yeah. where the money goes. The money goes in mm. wastage. It goes in June parties. We did special Christmas and June parties, you know, like what, so that we still get the same budget for next year, right? And it's the same with the, the <clears throat> roadworks. You always notice, and I remember saying this to my children, and suddenly every year they notice it, around March through to June, there is so many roadworks because they've got all this money that they haven't used through the year and they have to use it. So they suddenly, the roadworks, or you watch, and anyone in Australia or anywhere else, maybe if it works mm. the same way, 
you watch from March now through to June, the roads are just ridiculous with roadworks and then it's quiet for another eight, nine months. I have not noticed that phenomenon and you are probably well, absolutely right. I'm 100% right. I'm always right, Karen. You're always yes. right. I know. Like, and I've noticed that over 20 years. Like, you're always right. Yes. Goes without saying. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate the acknowledgement. The acknowledgement. I know. You, you, you deserve the validation and you need, yeah, I know. You need to be validated. But on this one, on this one, I need you because I have no clue and you do. You're a wealth of information. <laughs> Another way of putting that is she doesn't shut up. When is she going to shut up? Okay, right? No, it's not. It's keep going is what I want to say because I'm enthralled and I'm actually understanding. I don't know how it's going to come to be about Bitcoin, but I'm, but I'm with you on the journey. Right. I know, right, so we haven't got to the Bitcoin bit yet. But that's the thing, you can't get to the Bitcoin bit yet because you've got to get that, like, context of why is it yeah. valuable. What you, You've got to figure out what's the problem before you start talking about the solution, right? And, and I think, and I think we're, we're doing it. really done that well. Problems, right? The various problems. Oh, did you freeze? I froze, you froze? Did we both Yeah, freeze? you just froze for a second, though. You could have just taken a breath and it wouldn't have been noticed. I uh, could have, yeah, but I don't breathe. Unlike, unlike the stain on your shirt. When I'm talking, we don't breathe. There's no breathing. Like, there's just talking, right? That's it. That's it. Keep going. Keep <laughs> going. I'm right there 100%. I really am. I feel like I've kind of my brain hurts a little bit, but I'm kind of piecing together where we're up to with the realisation of how much is taken from us. It is, right. And, and how, much, how much money there is that's wasted that's and I know that for that's it. that's it that's what I'm trying to get to is like first of all it's all taken from us and the little bit that's left over it's taken from us. okay so we're saying technology should be bringing prices down right but mm -hmm. a, there's wastage right and b they're printing money to cover their debts to pay us through COVID right and I'm enormously grateful for being paid through COVID because they screwed up my business of 28 years now. And if they hadn't paid me during that time, I would have been stuffed and now I'm stuffed anyway and I'm trying to find another way and blah, 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 blah. Leaving aside my story, the fact is that they printed money. They printed money. They didn't have it. It's not like they had surplus and let's spend our savings, right? They went into more debt. How do they create more debt? What they do is they issue something called treasury bonds. All right? Okay, I'm just going to try and explain that a little bit. So they issue treasury bonds for another country to buy, and they pay that country interest. So let's say China buys, I mean, some people in Australia will buy our treasury bonds as well, like big institutions, financial institutions. So they buy the, the treasury bonds, right? knowing that they're going to get 1% or 2% interest per year and that it will be paid back at the end. All right. So they've issued that debt. But they've issued so much debt over the last 50 years that the 1%, 2% payments, and in previous cases much higher than that, is enormous. So they print money to cover it. And the way print money works is that now I'm really conscious of the stain on my damn T-shirt. I can't see it anymore now. No, I forget you know. I just pulled it down. Oh. It's gone. It's gone. Okay. I just, you know, I just asked it. But you don't have to sit like a robot guarding right, no. the stain. To cover it, you to cover are, it. 
right? Don't do that. No, because I can't deal with the fact that you're not using your hands as you normally do. I know. Carry on. I know. Yeah, I am. Totally. I'm a handsy person. Better. It happens. It happens. So, like, my dad tried to stop me recently. I was in full flow in Sydney. I was talking about something and my hands were going. And he did this and he grasped my hands and he grabbed them. And he said, keep talking. And I went, mm, mm. I know. I, I couldn't. It doesn't. Yeah. What doesn't. a good exercise. That's an interesting exercise. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Anyway. It. So where are we? So they so how do they do it these days? They add zeros digitally onto their debt. That's it. And they circulate more cash in the economy to me to pay for my business during lockdown to everyone who had a small business during lockdown. And I took it. Thank you very much. You're going to take my business away from me. You can take it, right? You can pay for it, I should say. So, and you could say there's a level, level of hypocrisy there, but with the amount of taxes I've paid them over the years, I've got no qualms. I've got no problem yeah. taking that. You weren't I'm, making any money, Carolyn. It's not like you were sitting there flush going, give me more. You weren't. It was compensating for the loss. So they, I don't think that there is any hypocrisy there at all. Except to the degree that I just like having government. But you're, you're absolutely right. If they hadn't taken yeah, my business away... I wouldn't have needed compensating. But ever, and you would never seek it. Okay, so let's just do this for a moment. So now, um, if I think I've had this conversation with you before, and maybe I had it with my friend Kelly, who's also maybe going to come on this podcast at some stage. So if I've got an apple and my friend has got, and you've got oranges, right? I've got one apple and there's one apple and everybody in the street wants that apple, right? I'm the only one with an apple in my backyard. I've got I've got an apple tree, right? And you all come around and you've all got oranges. And I'm like, God, I've got more oranges than I know what to do with, man. And, and I'm thinking, oh, maybe I could make an orange cake. I could make some orange juice. What else am I going to do with the oranges, right? And you're all coming around trying to buy the apple, right? And so you go... Here, I'll give you 10 oranges. And the next door neighbor says, I'll give you 12. And the next one says, I'll give you 15, right? So I'll go, I'll take the 15, right? Because I've only got one apple. I'll I'll take the 15. I can do stuff with that, right? Okay. So I've got now got 15 oranges. Okay, but if I've got a hundred apples and everybody's got a hundred apples on their own apple tree in the backyard, how much is that worth in terms of oranges? Nothing. Nothing. Like, like, you know, like, oh, I can just pick my own apples. Thank you very much. Okay, right. So same with when the government issues debt and creates dollars circulating in the system. They create dollars. Now, if you give everybody in the street a million bucks, right? Okay, so now I put my house up for sale and everybody in the street wants my my house. But they've all got, so before it was going to go for $100,000. Now, everybody's been given an extra million bucks and they're all bidding against each other. How much does my house go for? Nothing. The 100,000 that you've had to begin with. Does it? Which isn't worth it. But they've all got an extra million bucks. So maybe one of them thinks, well, maybe I'll spend a bit more than 100,000 because I've got an extra million bucks. I'll, I'll maybe pay 200,000. And the next yeah, one okay. goes, so I've got an extra million bucks. I'll pay 300,000. So you go to the highest bidder. 
it goes to the highest bidder, right? So now they're purchasing power for $100,000, what was $100,000, because an extra million bucks, they've each got an extra million bucks. In effect, they're not a million dollars richer because they're all now bidding for my house and the house simply goes for 1,100,000 because everyone's got the million bucks to spend on it. Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, so you've only made 100 grand on it. You've not really made anything on it. Exactly what, what I was going to make in the first place, right? It hasn't changed yeah. anything. And you're no richer for having the extra million dollars. Mm -hmm. All it's done is reduce the purchasing power it's basically said, let's just give everyone an apple tree. Yeah. So I know that. And now myself. you're out bugger all. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, it's okay. So I know for myself, my house was bought at a certain price and then it went up exponentially. Like, I mean, ridiculous amounts. You also chose and a very so then I probably unbeknownst to you then, at the time. Original. That? <laughs> it's like it's that? a really good area. Right, so it's gone up ridiculous. And when I got told, yeah, you could get this for it, I thought, oh my gosh. So I then looked at selling and then I looked at buying even something smaller by the ocean. I can't get anything like this anywhere else. And this isn't spectacular. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. I'm not making anything more than if it was sold at the price that I bought it at all those years ago. It's now because of that inflation, everybody's got that extra million to just pay out for a property where before people had to really fight for that. And, and therefore me selling it won't make any difference because I'm not going to get anything better than what I have now anyway with the money, the extra money that I might get for this house, if that makes exactly. any sense. Exactly. It makes absolute sense. That's the point. That's it. That's it. That's right. Right there. Hit the nail on I'm it. I'm just plugging myself in. Are you? It's yes. best to be plugged in, I find. Well, you know, if you don't plug in, but if you yeah. do plug in, it tells you you've been plugged in for too long. I think that's like a bit like my life. And then <laughs> it tells you to unplug for a while. And then it tells you to replug because you're running out of power. Yeah, it's yeah, bit, yeah. It is a bit of a metaphor. Oopsie. Yeah. It is a bit of a metaphor. So hang on. Let me just plug myself in. <laughs> and I'll be right with you. It's all about technology and being in the moment, isn't it? Working being in the moment, technology, go. going with the flow. That's I think it. we've got We're a bunch of life lessons right here in this moment, right? I know. You could just... All right, so where are we up to? So where are we How up to? How is it okay. going to work so, for me? Are you kind of getting there? I'm very conscious that my hair looks very flat. So now... Oh, I'm your hair looks beautiful. My hair looks... My hair, right? And my hair looks mental. Like I'm proper just got out of bed or something. No, yeah. Oh my god, magical, no. darling. Now my cat's coming in for a little play. Oh, don't the start with the cats. Can we not be talking about oh. cats? All right. <laughs> That's a discussion for another time. You and I talking cats another time, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So where we're at is this. They're taking away sixty or seventy percent of your money through taxes. <laughs> You're laughing at me now. Sorry. Can you hear the cat? To be serious? Are we serious? Are we going to be serious, right? Can I mean, you hear the cat? This is serious, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Lock her out. Him, him. I, I couldn't just talk, could I? No. 
<laughs> then I'd have to show that I've got pyjamas on or something. Oh! Like in the old days with COVID. No, I haven't, I haven't. <laughs> okay. Remember those COVID, those Zooms during COVID where people had all sorts of weird clothing on? <laughs> Right, carry okay, on. So sorry, sorry. we've got 60 to 70 percent tax. Then on the 40 percent that's left, they're printing money and debasing the money. What they're doing is they're just giving everybody in the street a million bucks, right? They're just like spraying it, like just spraying money around. Doesn't do anything except debase the money and make everything else more expensive because we're all bidding, because the goods are limited. The property is limited. And now the money is almost unlimited, right? There's more money than goods and services. So everything goes up in price. So inflation is not a function of supply and demand, because if it was just supply and demand, the cost of goods would be coming down, right? And the demand would be the same for the computers and for the sofas and for the computers, right? Did I already say computers? You did, but that's okay. The com uh, I'm just looking around and like and the plans, the, things, right? and the pictures. Things. Yeah, the things, the things, right? So, okay. So now what they're doing is on the 40% that's left is they are stealing your purchasing power. They are stealing. They could just walk into your house, right? And steal your money and go. It's the same as, like, if goods stayed the same, but they took away some of your money, if the price stayed the same and they took away your money, same, same. Mm -hmm. But actually, they leave you with the same amount of money and they put the goods up, goods and services up, by just spraying money into the system, which mm -hmm. comes in by the banks first and then gets spread out to everybody else. And the lowest people get the least amount, but they get a bit, you know. And so now, so that's inflation. So now... So that's how much we're going to oh, We haven't talked about Bitcoin. We need to come back to Bitcoin. You told me to talk about Bitcoin, right? Okay. That was the point. That's why we're here, right? It is. <laughs> You're cluey. You've got this. All right. I got this. I may have just, you know, diverted. I do that. But is that is there a point to it though? Obviously, there would be a point to all the diversion and the stuff that we've talked yeah, about. That is that not correct? Okay, thank you. Yeah, otherwise, it's, otherwise, otherwise, it really is just a rant. This is why I love you because there is a point to the rant. And and if you hadn't yeah. brought me back, Ben, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have gone there. So, all right. So, what's the deal? Imagine if two things. I'm just going to say two. There's actually much more to it than that. Imagine that money was limited. They couldn't print anymore. Imagine if they couldn't print anymore. Therefore, the price of goods, including houses, came down over time instead of going up. So now when you save that 40%, leave aside the tax issue. They can still have their 60%, whatever. Imagine with the 40% you've got left, the 1,200 you're saving a year, the 48,000 per 40 years we came up with. Imagine that the price of housing came down and you went, okay, for the money that I'm saving, if I sit on that and I keep saving in three, four, five years, maybe 10 years, 
with the price of housing coming down and my savings going up, I, and let's just put yourself in the shoes of your kids at the moment, imagine I will be able to save for a house. Instead of I'm saving, 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 but the price of housing is going up faster than I can save. Mm -hmm, 100%. I'm never going to be able to afford it, right? No. Okay, so here's the deal with Bitcoin. If it was either an alternative or a parallel currency, so a currency that it either is takes over from Australian dollars, which I can't see happening, or is parallel to so it's a second we could buy my house in Australian dollars or I can buy it in Bitcoin. But Bitcoin's doing two things. One is it can't be printed any more than the 21 million that are going to be printed. That's it. Maximum, maximum, maximum limit, right? 21 million. Each Bitcoin. Says is who? Printed. Sorry? Says the Says person. Who? So it was released in 2009. The first block was printed in 2009 3rd of January we've just gone past the anniversary and that's it nobody can touch it ever since it is literally just a program I'm I, I, like Bitcoin is it going to pick me up for getting this all wrong in the way of, that I explain this but I'm trying to explain it a in a way that I can understand it and b that other people can understand it so it's a program that was released like toothpaste out of a tube and you can't get it back in and no nobody can change it nobody can change it right? You need more than 50% of nodes, like miners and like people who, who are just keeping the blockchain running day in and day out to agree to make any more. And that's just never going to happen. So, so, so says the original program released by Satoshi Nakamoto, some anonymous being, back on the 3rd of January 2009, right? And it will mm -hmm. never be more than 21 million. So there's no government who can print more, who can debase your purchasing power. So I'm feeling tired. You must be feeling exhausted from just listening to this, right? So, uh, yeah. So, yeah, okay. So in effect, I'm going to try and keep this short because I think the issue is more about understanding the problem than focusing on the solution. But the solution is if you've got a currency that in effect can't, I mean, you may still be taxed. I don't know what the tax implications are, to be honest. I don't know what's going to happen with tax. But if the 40% that you get to save can maintain its purchasing, not only maintain, but increase its purchasing power. Because as long as something is scarce, like my Apple, it's going to increase in value. I'm going to get more and so more. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is like the Apple. Bitcoin is the Apple. Because right? it's finite, because it ends after 21 million. Spot on. Yes. Right. That's it. That's it. Okay. And it's it's which is exactly what gold was for 5,000 years, right? But it's a little bit better than gold because before they created fiat and just started printing paper, right? But it's a bit better than gold because I can send it to my mate 
overseas really easily, really instantly. I can send it to you in New South Wales. I go, let me just send you five bucks of Bitcoin, right? From my phone to your phone in a way that I can't do with gold, in a way that I can't. I could send it from my bank to your bank, but then we've got bank fees. And then what if the bank freezes your money, which is what they did with the Canadian truck drivers? The Canadian truck drivers went, eh, we don't agree with what the government is doing right now. We're going to create a protest. They did that. And the government froze their money in their bank accounts. You cannot get no money out of your bank. Oh, my gosh. And That's so you can't do boring. that. You can't do it. So mm. you're so a it's unconfiscatable. I can't say that correctly. It's unconfiscatable, right? It's unfreezable. It's between you and me. There's no third party. The government can't touch it. The banks can't touch it. The banks and the government combined can't touch it. The bank, the government can't tell the bank to freeze your money because you they disagree with your point of view on something. And so. And because mm. it's limited and because it's being used, there's like 2 million Bitcoin wallet holders across the world who can all transact with each other. Now, that's not much because there's 8 billion people on the planet, but it's growing and people are getting it bottom up, right? Starting with, you know, El Salvador and Nigeria and, you know, all the people we talked about before in authoritarian and Venezuela with their runaway inflation, all of them get it right they get the value of it then you get then you get like middle working class in the west going all right this is something that could hold its purchasing power and that i can swap with my neighbor yeah it's not quite bartering but it's outside of banks and government and everybody else just being able to say like paypal recently right so they they said um, we disagree with your point of view about your crowdfunding. We're freezing your account. No. Because we don't agree with the cause that you're crowdfunding for. Oh, my gosh. So they can pick and choose who gets to keep their money, who gets to transact with their money according to their polit political point of view. And I don't care what mm. your political point of view is. I don't care if mm. you're left or right. Can you imagine... If there's a, mm. if Donald Trump and anyone from, from Republicans are in power, right, and you want to give your money to Greenpeace and mm. they go, we don't agree with that, we're going to freeze your money. I can't even. You can't even. You know, that's I can't the even. expression in our household from you. I can't, I can't even, I can't. I can't even. I, I mean, I can't, can't even. Just... If they've got a central bank digital currency, right, which means mm. that they can they can follow everything that you buy, that book in the background, that certificate you paid for. They go, we don't want you studying that. We want you studying this. We don't want you to buy that book. We want you to buy this. And we'll freeze your account the moment you disagree with what you we want you to pay for. That's shocking. So that's just like Big Brother, isn't it? Just complete yes. control. Right? I know. That's what the Bitcoin community are concerned about. And it doesn't mean you've so got to go and sell the house and and buy Bitcoin. It means put 1% of your savings in Bitcoin, right? Just put, just buy 20 bucks worth 
just like that's it right it doesn't don't start start so that's starting to accrue starting to accrue something and it's so like an insurance it. policy think of it like insurance against the worst case scenario of governments issuing central bank digital currencies cbdc's and the worst case scenario is they start telling you what you can and can't buy they can free yeah. your bank account at will it's just insurance against that just a little okay. bit of money put aside just as an insurance policy against that but not only that like the was it jeff or john the father right and mm -hmm. he's going I reckon leave it 20, 30, 40 years because it's a limited resource. I reckon it will increase in value mm. over time mm. because like gold, people are going to want it. They're going to want to transact. Will they run out or will that 21 Okay, that's a really active. good question actually. Um, so there's someone called Michael Saylor who you may or may not have heard of who owns a lot of Bitcoin, right? He he runs a fund called um, the Grayscales something, something, something. And he owns a lot of Bitcoin. I think he's the biggest Bitcoin owner in the world outside of Satoshi Nakamoto, who's disappeared off the face of the earth and we don't know whatever happened to him, uh, they, wow. whatever. And so could it pull into certain big hands? Yes. And that only makes the value of it greater unless they dump it onto the market, right? Like the government is currently doing with cash. They could dump it onto mm -hmm. the market. That's a risk. I agree. And then you, lose all, then you lose any wealth from it because it doesn't have any meaning to it. That's right. It, well, no, because it's still, if people buy it up, it doesn't become... Um, meaningless. It just means... See, at the moment, if the government dumps treasury bonds onto the market, it's meaningless because they could just dump more and more and more. My Michael Saylor can only dump what he's got. And that's mm. it. And at some point, people will buy. And like anybody else. else. And so if I was, so how would it look then? Where where would I, like say, okay, I'm just a normal person and I, I make a living and I have this much income per month how do you buy it and what do you do with it and what happens with it like how do i what, what would it even mean for me okay so it's a little bit like buying gold yeah so if you were to buy physical gold rather than certificated gold you would go to a gold broker and you'd go and buy gold or maybe you've got a gold gold jewelry have you got a gold necklace gold yeah gold bracelet or something gold earrings Ooh, baby yeah um, Diamonds, actually, baby, and sapphires <laughs> and opals. Opal, opal. As one does. I love opals, actually. I really like opals. Yeah, me too. Uh, I've come around on opals. They used to be a bit too common for me, but I just, they're pretty. They're just lovely. Anyway, so, okay, so you've got gold and you could go, one day I think that's going to be worth a fortune. And I can't always wear it on my bracelet, on my wrist, let's say, because sometimes I don't want to wear that. So I've got to put it somewhere. I've got to put it in storage, right? I've got to either keep it in my house, but someone could like steal it from my house. So I might put it because I think it's particularly my diamond tiara and my fabulous diamond, you know, 
necklace. Of course, yes. Um, they, I think I'm just going to put them in like a safe in the city. I'm going to pay 300 bucks a year storage and I'm just going to keep them in a safe. Okay, so with Bitcoin, what you do is the same as gold. You buy a little bit and you put it on, I haven't got my ledger here, a little, it looks like a USB stick. And you put your little bit of Bitcoin on there, 20 bucks. But you stick it onto your mattress or wherever you want to hide it in your house and or in your car, but it's the size of a USB stick, right? You bury it in your garden and nobody can ever touch that 20 bucks worth of Bitcoin. And the price of Bitcoin versus US dollars is likely, and I don't want, I'm wary of going too far into the value versus US dollars because why should US dollars actually even be the gauge? But, it, it, you know, if it's a Bitcoin standard world, but if you're going to measure it against US dollars or Australian dollars, then if that 20 bucks, because it's a limited supply versus Aussie dollars, which is unlimited supply because the government can print more at any point in time, if that 20 bucks, 20 bucks becomes 2000 bucks or 20,000 bucks or 200,000 bucks or 2 million bucks, right? Worth of Bitcoin, nobody can freeze your account. Nobody can, nobody can steal it from you. Because even if they found the ledger, the wallet, the hard wallet in your hidden in your car or your garage or your bookshelf or wherever it is, right? Even if they found it, there's a special seed phrase, like a series of words that you will have memorized. 12 words, 12 words. You memorize 12 words. What are they going to do? Like they cannot access that ledger, that hard wallet. Whichever will they try? I don't know. Like so they can come around and torture everyone with a Bitcoin wallet in the whole of Australia and tie us to our seats and, you know, break our balls. Like, I don't know. But it seems unlikely. They've been able to confiscate gold in the past. They've done that. They can confiscate money in so the bank. They've done that. But I think it's a big deal to confiscate our Bitcoin. It's hard. So if so it's an investment then. You you buy it and you keep it on your USB on a ledger. And then what? You just keep it and hope it grows because it's so finite and it's so uh unlimited uh, limited rather. So it's limited, so therefore it grows in wealth like the Apple. In purchasing and then yes. Like the Apple, spot on, that never rots. Mm-hmm. And then can you, what can you do with it once you've actually, once it's that, gone to say Now you can buy more stuff you could have done. So now the house, so you saved $48,000 over 40 years, right? But the house has now gone up to $480,000 or $4.8 million. It's increased in value in purchasing price faster than your savings and the value of your savings whereas bitcoin because it's limited supply and because you've got eight billion people on the planet at the moment all potentially wanting 
a bit of Bitcoin because I can trade more freely with it. I can transact with my family more freely with it because it's limited, because the government can't inflate it, because it's just out of the bank's hands. For all of those reasons, it makes it attractive. And so now who it holds it all? more and more valuable. You, me, anyone who holds it. Nobody holds it except the people who hold it. There's nobody who holds it except the people who hold it. Nobody manages it. Nobody um, distributes it. The program, I'm going to call it the program for want of a better word, the protocol, the original kind of, the original program that was put out there and that's it. And then after 21 million, that's it. It cuts off. End of story. And, and huge, isn't it? Come back to Jeff the Sun. What were the questions? Yes. Okay. Can we remember any of those? What if the, what if the internet crashes? And then I completely forgot, right? So it was to do with the internet crashing um, and it was to do with... It's to do with the internet crashing. What if the internet goes down and then you've lost everything because it's all on the internet? Yeah, there was something else around that too. But I mean, I think you gave the correct answer to that to begin with. Well, if the Not internet goes issues. down, if you go to the bank to get your money out now, like if you go to the physical bank, first of all, the bank has been closed. My local branch has been closed for the last week and a half because we're on holidays. So there's that. And the, uh, and the other thing is, Everything that we do through banking now is online anyway. So if the banks do go, if the internet does go down, we're all screwed because everything we do is online. I very rarely do I do physical transactions with money. Precisely. And if we do all go into the, well, and then there's all the credit cards because that's all online. So now you can't buy anything in the supermarket with your credit card. So you've got to have cash. So you've got to go to the bank to get cash out. And so now you go to the bank and either it's closed or they just go, sorry, too many people are, are asking for cash at the moment. We haven't got yours because the amount that they lend out versus the amount that they actually physically hold is like, there's yeah. nothing. They don't keep stuff in reserve anymore. Or maximum they would keep is maybe 10%, right? So if 100% of us go looking for cash and they've only got 10% of our savings actually in cash in the, in the bank at best, at best, then we can get 10% of our money out at best at that time when we need it. Okay, so I can buy Bitcoin and you would tell me how to do that. And keep it and maybe put keep putting a little bit of money away and convert it almost into bitcoin by buying it and then and then you can buy things with it for the, and then, for and the now, yep so the amount that it's worth so you know you bought it for 20 and it's now gone up to 200 over a couple of weeks or something you can now purchase something for 200 because your bitcoin from 20 dollars is now worth 200 correct and people get so long as who you're purchasing off uses Bitcoin as a currency. Yeah. And that's where there is an element of network effect. So because El Salvador are 100% on Bitcoin, yeah, as the father, John. As Richard, as, yeah. So, and I can buy a whole bunch of goods online. Like if you go online and look for stuff you can buy with Bitcoin, you'll find stores that include oh, I want to go and do that now. price as well as the Bitcoin price. What's that? 
I want to go and do that now. I want to go and find out as if I had Bitcoin, what, what could I get with it? Who could I, um, who could I buy from and what can I buy? That's, I'm interested in Australia in particular, obviously. Look, I had to, I needed to sell an investment unit recently and I didn't end up doing it because there was a whole problem, which I think I talked about with you about mm. the title and it's so complicated it's no lawyer has come across this issue before so anyway mm. so I'm stuck with it and I've re-rented it out for the time being um until we sort out this legal issue but there's people selling their houses I would happily sell that unit for bitcoin happily I would love so there are people so I told you about and you started talking about it earlier a guy overseas who I'm about to interview on Sunday evening our time. Um, and he has remortgaged his property to buy more Bitcoin. So there are hardcore believers. Is he going to tell you that? Sorry? He told me be talking about that? our conversation we had that was going to be our original interview, but his Wi-Fi wasn't working very well. So we said he's getting it fixed up this week. So that's why we, yeah, 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 yeah. Sunday. So he told me in that half hour that we did talk and mm. I'm like, wow, they're like people, like people believe in this. Right. So you go, okay, then maybe it's just a religion. Maybe it's just a Ponzi scheme, but, mm. but mm -hmm. people believe in it for good reason, for good reason, for the stuff that we've just already talked about. And if you say, oh, but it's only then a religion, then it's just like tulip mania. Well, so's a whole bunch of stuff in politics at the moment, to be honest. They're just... Yeah, really, true. When people believe in stuff, they believe in stuff. So even if it was only that, and it's not, because there's so much more to it, because it's backed by a program, because it's backed by the limited supply, because you can transact with it, because there's an entire network building on top of it by way of something called the Lightning Network that allows you to transact with it more and more easily, because Jack Mellor's, God love him, sexy man, don't, just don't, I can't look up Jack Mellor's online, just, I can't. I can't, I can't. He, he won't be watching this, really. No, Jack Mellors won't be seeing this. I can guarantee you that. But anyway. Jack but Mellors. He, he, he was the one. <laughs> Not only did he introduce, did he work with the El Salvador government to bring Bitcoin into El Salvador as legal tender, but he's brought it into Macy's, Walmart, McDonald's, Wendy's, like KFC, I don't know, like all the big chains in America now take Bitcoin. Because of Jack Mellon. Wow. So right? then if it's not Bitcoin. It's very hard to get the toothpaste back in the tooth, the toothpaste tube. Yeah. Right. If it, so if it's, <coughs> if it's not then Bitcoin, it can be another currency like Ethereum or whatever other. I don't know. I just heard that you word. That's really smart questions. Like for someone who knows nothing about this space, like that's a really, it's a really good question. Absolutely. Right. Um, so, so. I've got to put my hair back. My hair's doing my head in. Right. I've just okay. got to put it, because yeah, it's going into a flop. Go. I can't yeah. literally just, having if, was, if I was to leave it, that's what it would look like. Right. So I've got to keep okay. pulling it back off my Where face. Is, see when it does that. There we go. Oh, nice. I'm liking that look. No, not really. No? Here we go. Oh, there it That's is. There we go. Ooh. Ah. 
I can see. Open eyes. <laughs> I see the light. Okay. Perfect for this point in the conversation. So, um, where were we? So Ethereum, and would there be Ethereum, other currencies yes, then, yes. like Bitcoin? Okay. So, I just need to differentiate, and this is where I normally start my conversations with people if I'm chatting with them day to day. There's Bitcoin and there's everything else, right? So there's another 20,000 blockchain program um, projects, none of which provide the same qualities as Bitcoin. None Why? of them are limited supply, decentralized, uh -huh. yeah, um, have got all those qualities going on. Those two are the main two. Secure is a big issue, right, because of the way that the blockchain works in Bitcoin to do with the what's called proof of work um, that helps to prove a block exists with the transactions that happened on that block. So no other cryptocurrency that I know of brings together decentralization with that level of security around proof of work and limited supply yeah and decentralization matters because all the other projects that i know of not entirely actually there are some other decentralized but they don't have the other two things limited supply and that kind of proof of work security um none of so none of them offer all three of those in combination i'll i'll, I'll take those three yeah okay yeah okay something else up come could something else come up to challenge that? Yes, absolutely. But Bitcoin has got such a big head start in terms of its network. And what I mean by the network is all the nodes, all the miners across the planet in China, in Eastern Europe, in Texas, in America, in Australia, we've got miners here. We've got there's this huge network of miners. Like if someone's going to come up and challenge Bitcoin, right? And Ethereum would be mm. the closest thing at the moment, but it's just gone from proof of work to proof of stake. So at some level, it doesn't challenge it in the same way in terms of the security factor and the centralization. Like Ethereum has got, um, I'm going to get his name wrong. How can I get it? Vitalik Buterin? No. Mm. Vitalik Buterin, I, I may have just got his name wrong. How can I get his name wrong? Anyway, as the head of Ethereum, and they've got like basically a central office. And so none of that exists for Bitcoin. It's uh -huh. different. And it moved from proof of work to proof of stake relatively recently. And that's a big deal in terms of the security factor. So what does that mean? What does it mean, uh, to be honest, I'm not a techie person. I understood it enough to be able to get it in my own head, but not enough to explain it to somebody else. I remember I I enough at the time. If you look up a brilliant man called Guy, he's British. He runs um, uh, an online thing called um, an online YouTube podcast called Coin Bureau. You'd really like him. And he explains proof of work versus proof of stake really well. And I think Bitcoin is the only one left that's actually proof of work, proof of work anymore um, that okay. gives the level of security that proof of work does that I kind of got in my head at the time and I followed it all through and I kind of went, oh, yeah, I get it, I get it, I get it. But now if you ask me to explain it to you, I can't do that. Yeah, I know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I've got that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
All right. Well, I do definitely feel more informed. Really, really informed, actually. Are you going to buy 20 bucks tomorrow? Am I going to help I, you? Do I? Set up on Swift yes. Buy 20 bucks. We're going to buy you a ledger and move your 20 bucks of Bitcoin over from SwiftX the exchange. So you've got to buy it on an exchange, right? And then you move it onto a hard wallet. And then you hide it somewhere in those that bookcase behind you or somewhere else, right? But somewhere else. Because everyone's heard us talk about the, the bookcase, right? Don't tell me. Yeah, I would have tidied it up if I knew it was going to be that obvious and there. I know. You should have used the blur background. It's the thing at the moment. Isn't everyone in your business, like, using blur backgrounds now? It's well, like, it seems to be probably, the same. I don't care. It's just a bookshelf. It's just I don't think there's anything. No, there's nothing particularly telling there other than some books, so it's okay. <laughs> All right. So, yes. So, so then would it be the case that you would want your listeners to know how to do the other part, or is that knowledge elsewhere that can be found? That knowledge is out there. Um, it's a great question to guide the conversation, as you have done every step along the way here. Um, they but can you're going to help I'm me. I'm not though. the geek who's going to help them work through that. It's not hard. Like, if I can work it out. And you're going to help me. I'm going to help you, though, personally. I'm going to come to you because we missed out on catching up when I came to Sydney recently and I passed by through Batemans Bay and we were going yeah, to catch yeah, up. You got COVID. No, you didn't. You got a flu. You got a flu. Yeah. It I didn't end up being COVID. I thought it was COVID. Yeah. I thought but it was either COVID. way, like, you were too sick to catch up. Yeah. Right? So. Okay. Let's so we're going to do that. So I'm going to come. I'm just going to drive up and we're going to buy your Bitcoin and I'm going to bring a ledger and we're going to put it on a ledger and you're going to hide it in your garden, right? Okay. I'm excited. Yeah. Except now, except now everyone knows I'm going to have, I'm going to come out to my garden one day and it's going to be completely upended because somebody's come to my garden, found me and got my ledger or usb or whatever i know called. but that's because no 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 no. but what would have happened in the meanwhile is you would have passed it on to your son and your daughter and they passed it on to a friend and they buried it in their backyard or maybe they put it so you know or maybe the dog ate it and you know anything could happen right. anything could happen right absolutely all right that sounds good it's been great it's been so interesting actually really i didn't vague out yeah really, really truly you're amazing i love that yeah, I can't imagine another friend who would have bothered, who would have bothered, who would have, like, we've just spent, how long have we spent? Two hours. Two hours. Two hours. Normally we spend two hours talking absolute rubbish, right? And yeah. this is too, like, you'd have to say it was constructive two hours. Like, we've kind of got somewhere with it. Like, oh, it's massive. I feel like anybody watching we talk about normally isn't valuable. Like that's valuable stuff. Yeah, right. A hundred percent. It feels like totally me being a complete novice. I can at the end of all of this have a really good understanding about what it is, why it has the wealth that it has because of the the um, limited supply availability yep. of it. Limited yep. supply. Thank you. Um, and how it can grow then in wealth and then how you can use it in terms of trading with it with the amount that it's valued at, at that point, which might be different to what you bought it for. 
depending on again the limitations or the capacity limited um supply so i think that's kind of what i understood does that sound like what we've just been talking about amazing spot on totally a hundred percent you rock you're amazing you never see to amaze me like this I don't is think it's so outside of your you know like your comfort zone right this is not no, uh, this is not what you do money for no, it's not what i do and you go no. and i did i got it time. Like, it was exhausting it was a tiring two hours but you totally you were totally open to it and you totally got it and you did it so beautifully in a way that made me you know and because you're not fixed and you're not robotic it's easy to have a laugh talk about it talk about the stain on your shirt talk about my mental hair and go back to that I that works for me I can then keep going with it but if it's being hammered at I can't and I think maybe that's a point for others that just go easy and go gentle otherwise it's just hard for the receiver especially somebody like me where it's not my forte I I hear numbers and shut right down I can't even and tell you know when I'm teaching and I say right we'll be back in 20 oh you're freezing oh don't freeze not at the end of the conversation here I've lost you all right well if that's the case I'm just gonna for the on behalf of Fiona and I thank god it happened right at the end here thank you for listening if you listened all the way through my love to everybody out there who's learning about Bitcoin for the first time. Um, please come on board. Um, it's It means the world to us. And um, uh, it's, it's a movement and it's going to change everything. And it's a beautiful community. And we're all there wanting the best for humanity and for civilization. <laughs>